Okay, we're looking at Ephesians. If we could turn there back, Ephesians 5. We've looked at verses 1 to 7 of chapter 5. The categorical demand, love is to be enthroned and lust is to be dethroned. And now we come to the seventh point under our moral relationships and that is a convicting distinction in verses 8 through to 14. This verse often comes to my mind. It's one that, having memorised, it's one that sort of pops up about darkness and light in verse 8, that is. Ye were sometime darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. And so there is to be a distinction, a stark distinction between light and darkness as as there is. So it is to be so in the Christian's life. Once the lights come in, the glorious light, the light of the gospel, enlightened our eyes, brightened our life, uh, put a light on the pathway into eternity, celestial city, glowing um get used to light because heaven is light god is light and it emanates from him all light that there is is because of god and so wonderful thought when you think of light um what do we use light for well we stay up later (laughs) we turn the lights on we can use light in many different ways there's uh, laser beams there's laser levels there is uh Light. I think I don't think the uh, coax. Not the what's the cables they send now? The NBN down. Fiber. It, it, it seems that that's light travelling down that too. Remember those things they used to have years ago before they bought that the fiber out. They had those things in a vase, and it was all little fibers going out like this, and the light would go along them. <laughs> it reminds me of that. And that's, it send message, light sends messages. Light can cut metal. Um, there's so many uses of light. Um, and here, there's probably the most important use of light is that it enlightens our soul. And I heard Brother Jeffries in the Condal Park Church were there once under, were preaching on the morning service and he was doing the adult class and he talked about light. He, was a, he worked, did he work in the atomic place the Lucas Heights Lucas Heights yeah, uh, Matthew sorry yeah it was brother Matthews Ralph, Ralph. Yeah. and he, he he did a message on that and how physically the light penetrates you know when you wake up at night don't turn the light on otherwise you stay awake for about another, another hour I don't know about you but that's me <laughs> once the light goes in bang it's it's um <clears throat> and they say don't look at blue light and so thing, things like that when you wake up computers and televisions because of that that wakens you light is used in many ways different different places and he talked about the light penetrating through the eyes to the mind and how it does that and in a physical way and he was quite enlightening that was many years ago let's pray as we begin to look at this thank you lord for the light that has shone on our life on our pathway thank you lord that the light of salvation has given a, a way for each, for each one of us to walk in 
Lord, we thank you that you are light. And Lord, there is the light come to this world. And the world did not receive him. He came unto his own and they didn't receive him. But the light now shineth through the gospel. Thank you for that. Bless the word to us now in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> so a convicting distinction. Where light radiates in the life of a Christian, it brings a change of character. Verse 8, it bring, brings a change of conduct. Verse 9, and it brings a change of criterion in verse 10. We'll just look at verse 8 and maybe 9. It brings a change of character. God's children cannot be partakers in immorality. This is what it's saying in these verses on the chapter before, chapter, chapter 4. is all about the life of the Christian. It's changed. And so again, we read it. You were sometimes, at one time, in the past, you were in darkness. We were all in darkness. But now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. We don't participate in those things that are deceptive, immoral. It's not becoming to a Christian. As light and darkness don't coexist together. You're, you're, even in the darkest of places, if, you're light, if your eyes are adjusted to the dark and you just strike a match in a dark place, it gives enough light, doesn't it? But the darker it is, the more that little light shines. And <laughs> so true in our world today. But light dispels darkness. They don't coexist. It drives it out. Light refuses to coexist with darkness. So it should be in the Christian's life. It's a black and white matter, this is. <laughs> Truth or falsehood. It's good or bad. It's right or wrong. There's no shades of grey with God. It's mankind that makes the shades of grey. <laughs> it's our thinking that makes the shades of grey. It's our want or bent to sin that makes the shades of grey. We'd like to say, oh... We really can't be too dogmatic on that area. Well, we can. <laughs> there is light and there's darkness. Just think of some of the things that light does for us. It's spiritual light. Let's turn to 2 Corinthians, back a little bit to 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 14. <clears throat> you were once darkness, but now you're light in the Lord. Maybe you could have it memorized before we leave tonight. <laughs> Walk as children of light. 2 Corinthians Chapter 6, verse 14. <clears throat> Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with darkness? What's the answer? You don't have to answer. No, none. <laughs> and what concord hath Christ with Belial, or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And so light, we could say, separates. Makes a distinction. Separates. In these verses here, there's a definite distinction between those different things. And when we become a Christian, there's a separation, there's a distinction from our old path. In chapter 5 of Ephesians, chapter 5 where we're back in Ephesians, and verse 11, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. It doesn't mention light, but it does in the context. Back in verse 8, unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. How do we reprove the works of darkness? By living a, light, a life of light. And so it repudiates. Light separates. It repudiates darkness. It 
puts it to shame. It shows it up. It reproves darkness. Um, Colossians, just over in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 13, it reads, Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son. He's delivered us. And I'll, this, this verse was a, a great verse many, many years ago when trying to say that you only need to be delivered once. You don't have to get saved again and again and again. You get delivered from the power of darkness once. That's salvation and eternal security. And some people were trying to say you have to have a second deliverance and you have to be delivered from sin and um, you have to be delivered from the, and I, you can name all the sin, you know, alcoholism, let's have a deliverance and cast out the demon of drink. <laughs> if I, if we cast out, if I cast out or somebody else cast out a, a person, the demon of drink, the individual who was the drunkard takes no responsibility for their sin. It's not the demon of drink, it's the old man in that individual that needs to be sanctified. Light needs to come in there and not the darkness stay. So we are once on for all delivered from darkness. Um, praise God from the dark, as Ephesians 2, the dark one, Satan himself. Um, so it emancipates us, it lets us free, separates us, repudiates darkness, emancipates us from darkness. And 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9. I think this subject of light and darkness is dealt with many times in the scripture. The Lord's trying to show us that this is where we're at now as Christians. Great difference. But... Chapter 2, verse 9. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his what? Marvellous light. Before we were Christians, we were groping around in darkness. When we become Christians, we can see the way of life. We can see what life is about. <laughs> We've got a destiny. I was talking to the, at the old people's home today about, about that. We were, we're talking about the gate, actually. We're talking about gates. And the gate broad is the way, and many that are on the way to destruction. But narrow is the gate that leads to life. And somewhere along life, we come to that gate. I believe the Lord takes us past every, every human being, past the gate of eternal life. He points it out to us. We can either say, I'm going there, and at the end of the gate in Pilgrim's Progress, <laughs> he's climbing the hill, it's steep, it's rugged, it's rocky, it's narrow, it's dangerous at times, but at the top of it is Celestial City, and it's glowing with light. And that's my image of Pilgrim's Progress. <laughs> When he was going down the road, the broad road, then he found the narrow road. And he was on his way to the celestial city. It, you see, on the way, it's not easy. But when we get there, it's always in view. The Bible should be there as our perspective for the future, keeping the light before our eyes. Um, <clears throat> so it liberates us, we could say, in this verse. 
show forth the praise he, uh, praises of him who hath called us out of darkness into his marvellous light. Let's turn to Matthew. And in the Gospels, Matthew and John, it speaks of the light quite some. Matthew 5 and verse 13. Talked about ye are the salt of the earth in verse 13. And if the salt has lost its savour, with what shall it be salted? It is therefore good for nothing to be cast out, trodden under foot of men. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, that it may give light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify the Father who is in heaven. Light illuminates. Light illuminates. And light <coughs> that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. You ever coming into a big city and you're 100 kilometres away? And what can you see? The glow. The glow. <laughs> yeah, the big dome glow <laughs> over a city. And uh, Do it when you get to Wangaratta. Because you think, oh... Albury's up that way, up the highway. No, Albury's over there. You can see the glow. And you say, how are we going to go right round there? And as you get on the highway, you keep going round, round, round. Children are going round, round. <laughs> and then you end up at that glow. You take the corner and um, you end up where the city's. Hey, folks, we're like that. In Albury, with ourselves and with other people that are Christians in Albury, the, we are the light of the city. And if the light, the salt has lost its savour, but the light has gone dim, with what shall it be lighted? Who's going to give them the light? You see, we've been changed from darkness to light, and it's very important that we glow, and that we glow brightly. You know, (laughs) most of us haven't lived in the days of candles, unless the power went out. But what do you have to do to to the candle or to the old kerosene light? What do you have to do? Trim the wick. I was waiting for someone who used to have them. <laughs> Trim the wick. Sometimes we need a bit of trimming. <laughs> Get all the old rusty, not the rusty, the, the carbon-coated wick and clean it up so it can absorb and suck up the moisture or the, the fat that burns the candle. And um, <clears throat> let's not our, let not our lights go out. This is, I think this is probably one of the best applications. And of course, it came from the lips of the Lord Jesus, didn't it? In these verses, ye are the light of the world, a city that's set on hill. And I think I, you, recount, you might recount the story. I think I told it some time back. It might be in a sermon in the future, but about you know, <clears throat> when the Lord Jesus got back to heaven, the angels said, well, well who's going to tell everybody down there? Well, I've left it with... Um, a few of those men from Galilee. You what? <laughs> Left it with those fishermen? Didn't one just deny you three times? Didn't the leader of them deny you three times? Didn't he get very prideful when you told him that uh, blessed art thou Simon and Jonah? <laughs> and you had to rebuke him? Those, the angels saying you've left them? Yes, that's what he's done. He's left it with us. Has the light gone out? 2,000 years ago, the light, the Lord Jesus, we could say, came to the world. He said the gospel will go out throughout all the world. 
Has the light gone out? No. We're probably as far away from Israel as you can get in the world. (laughs) Is the light down here? Praise the Lord, it is. I was just reading the story of an evangelist, a Presbyterian evangelist that came out to Australia in the 1800s. You might have read it in the Herald of Hope. And he did a chart up on prophetical things. And it's exactly like we have it today. Before Derby, before Schofield, you know that we get accused of being Derby and Derbyites or Schofieldites or whatever because that's what, you know, an American people. Hey, this guy's an Englishman. <laughs> and he, he did it. And they were getting the light out here. And there's an article there of the, one of the early chapter, chaps that came out to Australia and wanted the light to be printed. And he's a, it was the first tracks, the first tracks put out in Australia. It's the article in the Herald of Hope about the first tracks that were put out. And he sent it, and there's no printing here, so he got them sent over, over months. They came out here, and he gave it to everybody in Australia. How's that? <laughs> it wasn't a lot of people, but he gave it to everyone in the colonies that were there. And they had the gospel light. You see, God wants the light distributed, and he uses us and anybody else that's willing to take our feet. What? Our, our feet are shod, shod with what? The gospel. And we've got blessed feet to take the gospel. The light. It separates, it repudiates darkness. It emancipates sinners. It liberates Christians. It illuminates the world. Go over to chapter 6 of Matthew and verse 22. <clears throat> we read there, The light of the body is the eye. Therefore thine eye, if therefore thine eye be single, the whole body shall be full of light. And in other words, if you keep your blinkers on, if you keep looking straight ahead, if you don't get sidetracked by things in this world and the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life, if it be a single eye, your whole body will be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, you're letting the light in or the darkness in. Through what you see, the whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? Interesting thought, isn't it? (laughs) Um, Go to the Gospel of John and you have a few references here. In fact, a lot of references. We won't look at them all for sure. John's Gospel, chapter 1. And verse 4, and following in him, the Lord Jesus was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehendeth it not. They couldn't put the light out. They couldn't stamp the message and the ministry of the Lord Jesus out, could they? The more they tried, the more it spread. Even after he'd left his disciples, because he is the light, it shines in darkness, and the darkness cannot comprehend, overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light, that all men might through him might believe. He was not the light, but he was sent to bear witness of the light. That's pretty obvious who the light is, isn't it? That was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. God through the Holy Spirit, wants to lighten our lives with the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so 
there the light is demonstrated sorry <coughs> there the light emanates from God emanates from the Lord Jesus Christ in chapter 3 in verse 19 I've termed this one light aggravates <laughs> and this is the condemnation that light is coming to the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil who's ever got into trouble for speaking the truth <laughs> yep amongst unsaved people <laughs> don't say that they don't like that that convicts them it, it aggravates them that somebody is among them as the light and uh, it shows up their darkness and they're evil. Everyone that doth evil hateth the light. Verse 20. Neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. They're going to have to stand before the light one day. But they'll try to dodge it as long as they can. But they're going to stand before the Lord Jesus, who is the light on the judgment day. And his light will shine right through them. They will be transparent and everything they've done will be transparent and open to the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Um, <clears throat> if you go down to John's Gospel, chapter 12, chapter 12 and verse 36, there's a lot of others in between. John 12, 35, And Jesus said unto them, Yet a little while is the light with you. Walk while you have the light. You know those little fellows in the cave the other day in Thailand? How long, did you hear how long their torch lasted? I don't know if they had one or two or what. It lasted one day. And when that light went out, how dark is it in a cave where, where you're a kilometre underground? I was going to say, well, I could ask Gerald, but he's not here. They worked in the mines. It's black as black, <laughs> as dark as you can get it. And they were there for 12 days. Can you imagine them in there and then in the water, light starts to appear. Because the English fellas, the, the divers, come with their lights on. <laughs> and it would have lit the place up like even though the light wasn't in there, it was in the water still, and this light come up out of the water. What do you think it would have done to their heart? <laughs> oh, <laughs> someone's coming. <laughs> the light's turned up. <laughs> the light's turned on. And, and when they're in darkness for so long, they were sort of being blinking a bit when they first got that light. But it was, that was the light that started giving them life and the hope. I, I, so it is with a person in this sin-sick world. When the light penetrates the heart, things begin to open up and they can rejoice if they will. Or they can go and stay in the darkness. Well, <clears throat> walk while you have the light. Walk while there's opportunity to walk in the light. Yeah. You ever left it too late to get home? We were going to Melbourne one night after church. This is when the kids were little. It was in the Tirana. And I didn't know the alternator had bailed out. We got to Wangaratta and we had no lights. So we got them to charge it up. Then we followed the truck, thankful for the truckies. He tried to get rid of us, but he couldn't shake us. I just followed him down to Melbourne, <laughs> just with our parkers on. And um, <clears throat> we got there. I didn't know whether to come back to Albury's camp with four kids or three kids in the car at the time or, or make a go for it. We got there. But it's not easy in the dark. Walk while you have the light. Do it while you've got opportunity. While you have the light, believe in the light. 
that ye may be the children of light. Folks, if there's someone here tonight that's not in the light, little child, older person, come to the light while it's shining because one day the light's going to go out. And Jesus is not going to offer salvation. It'll be too late. The light will be removed. Walk while you have the light. Ah, there's a lot more. Let me just read a story to close. I like these stories that come across. I'd like to read a lot more of them. There's an English evangelist, Tom Rees, told a story about a man who had saved, who was saved in one of his meetings. The new convert had been a terrible drunkard and a domestic tyrant. His craving for drink had reduced his family to abject poverty. Although he had a roaring godless camaraderie with his workmates and drinking buddies, he abused his wife and neglected his home. Then he met Christ. He immediately gave up alcohol. He became a loving husband, a good provider and a tender father. His home showed evidence of the transformation the new birth had wrought. Food appeared on the table. His wife and children were warmly clothed. New comforts were added to the home from time to time. His drinking companions did not like the change. They missed the violos, the dirty stories and the bad songs. They found themselves confronted by a stranger, a man who went to church, sang hymns, read his Bible, gave his testimony, worked hard and refused to drink with them or waste time on the job. During his lunch hour, his trans this transformed man sat alone rather than listen to the filthy conversation of the former friends. He would read his Bible and the sight of the Bible infuriated his workmates. They began to persecute him. They attacked the Bible and ridiculed him for being foolish enough to believe it. One of them tackled him with a scripture passage that, that is a favourite of those who drink. Hey, Bob, he said, how about the, that place in the Bible where Jesus was in somebody's house and turned water into wine? That's a pretty tall story, wouldn't you say? You wouldn't believe that, do you? The converted drunkard had not been saved very long. He was not, so, uh, not a skilled apologist. But his answer was classic. He said, Fred, I don't know anything about that. I can say if Christ turned water into wine in that house, I can't say, sorry, if Christ turned water in, into wine in that house, but I know that he's changed beer into furniture in my house. Where the light radiates, it brings a change of character and a change of conduct, doesn't it? So true. And that's what happens in families. Talk to Mike Coglin when you get to heaven, if you didn't talk to him down here. That was his testimony, wasn't it? it uh, he was a drunkard. He got saved. Light changed his family, changed his life. I've heard some wives, I want my old husband back. <laughs> but they have changed I know one of them that's gotten saved herself and uh, she doesn't want an old husband back. <laughs> she's glad to have the one she's got because they've been led to light. Praise the Lord for the light.